Uh, Keith Pompey covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And speaking of uh, not shooting well, James Harden did not shoot well in Game 2, yet the Sixers still come through with a 12-point win over the Nets. Uh, it's got to be at least reassuring watching this team go... I understand the Nets are not the Nets they were at the beginning of the season, but James Harden, another horrible shooting night from inside, obviously had seven threes in, in game one, but you got Tyrese Maxey taking over, and they just find other guys that can fill in spots where needed, and Joel Embiid only had 20 points in that game. Yeah, I mean, that, when you talk about that, that's kind of huge. I mean, you look at Tyrese Maxey, also the one guy you didn't mention is Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been the most consistent person, you know, through the first two games, so you know, it's weird. Like teams like uh, Brooklyn want to take uh, um, take Harden and Embiid out of the game, so to speak, but the other two guys are stepping up and playing well. So that you know, that's if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm a little happy about that. What are you seeing from the role players in general? We talked uh, to somebody last week just about the addition of DeAnthony Melton and PJ Tucker. Specifically, what you're getting out of DeAnthony Melton, like. Do you feel this is the most deep, well-balanced team that the Sixers have put together in the the course of the quote-unquote process? Nah, uh-uh. Like, you know, um, you know the, the thing is, to me, the one team that they had was the team that they should have brought back. That's the team, the deepest team that they had, the best team that they had was the team when they had Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, um, Joel Embiid, and J.J. Redick in the starting lineup. And then they had a couple guys coming off of that bench, you know, who were pretty good role players. Um, they had some gritty guys on that team. This team right now is, you know, it, it may be the second best, but but that was the team, you know, they lost to Kawhi on a four-bounce uh, play. But that was the team that everybody felt had a legitimate chance of winning the championship. How do you think they would match up with, a team like Milwaukee or Boston. I mean, because I think it's a three-team race, really, in the Eastern Conference, obviously. Uh, how do you think they match up with those two teams in a seven-game series? You know, the, the thing is, when you look at it, I think that those two teams are, are deeper than the 76ers. You know, right now, when I look at the Sixers, I, I think that they have some question marks that need to be answered. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we're talking about the Anthony Melton. We're talking about... Um, you know, P.J. Tucker, um, some other guys that, that came off the bench, that come off the bench, and they all have question marks. The difference between their bench and Boston and Milwaukee's, you know exactly what you're getting from these guys from Milwaukee. You know what I mean? You know what they can do. They've been there before. Um, you know, Boston, the same thing. You know, you have certain guys who used to start at their former spots and are just fulfilling a role. So, Yes, they are the third best team in the East, but because of their in, because of the question marks that their bench players have, you have to rank them a, a notch below those other two teams. You know, does James Harden? Sorry, Nick, does James Harden have to be like a twenty point, twenty two point per game guy, or could he just be you know fourteen points, nine, ten assists? You know, like could that be? Could he give you that, and the Sixers still make a run to the finals? I guess is the question that I'm asking. Or if he does go three for thirteen, do you think they're pretty much screwed against a team like Milwaukee, you know, or like uh, Boston? Yeah, if he goes three for thirteen, they're probably going to be screwed against those two teams. <laughs> I mean, you know, be, because the, the the thing is, is it's one of those like I do believe, I do believe that the Seventy Sixers are at their best when James Harden is that facilitator, right? But what's going to happen is when we talk about those two teams, 
like those shots, like they're not going to want that. They're basically are going to try to take away the pass from James, right? They're going to try to do that. So James is going to have to shoot the ball. And if they do have a three for 13, if he has a three for 13 night, yeah, that's going to be an L because, you know, as, as much as we talk about Joel Embiid being the MVP of the team, James Harden is arguably the most important player on the team in the postseason because he has to stick the open shot when he, when it's there, and he also has to get others involved. So against Milwaukee and Boston, a 3-for-13 night is going to um, equate to a loss probably. Keith, looking at this series now with a 2 nothing lead for the Sixers, how many games ultimately do you think this goes against the Nets? You know, I, I think it could go five. Um, and and the, and the reason being is because, you know, I mean, you guys know sports. You guys know it a lot. I'm a fan of, of, of you guys. The thing is, this is the deal. Role players play better at home. And and I think that right now when you're Philadelphia, you get excited. You know, yeah, we smacked them the one game. We came back the second game. We, got two, we have two days off. And even if they win the third one, well, we're about to sweep. And you never know, role players tend to step up at home. And I think that some of the guys who struggled a little bit for Brooklyn are going to play better. And I think some of the guys from from the role players from the from the Sixers may not play as well in, in at least one of these games. So I always felt like it's going to be a gentleman's sweep in this series. Mm. So I guess moving forward, how do you make it an ugly series against Boston? because it sounds like the depth isn't really there uh, and you're getting kind of inconsistent performances from James. So if you're Doc, if you're this team, how are you scheming to, to stretch this series out? You know what? It, it, it's, it's crazy as crazy as it sounds, you know, and, and the problem is Boston – Boston, like, is just a tough matchup for him. But you got to get Tyrese Maxey going some way, somehow. You know, Tyrese Maxey has to turn into a superstar. I mean, he's the one who struggles the most. You know, you, you think that, okay, against Boston, what we're going to do is we look at Joel. He's the biggest, baddest player on the floor. So we're just going to turn him loose. The problem with that is that happens all the time against Boston and they lose by three points, right? So I think what you have to try to do is, no matter what, you got to try to get Tyrese Maxey in space and get him in space and let him go hard to the basket, probably get some fouls, maybe do some, you know what I mean, get some transition threes, believe it or not, saying it that way. But you have to get Tyrese Maxey going because this is a guy who's only averaging um, eight points against the Boston Celtics for his career. And he's shooting like 30-something percent. So you have to get him going if you think you're going to win, if, if you're going to beat the Celtics. You know, it was funny because um, everybody was clowning Doc Rivers after the uh, motivational speech that he gave the other night. And then that's when they kind of turned that game around and ended up blowing out the Nets. What do you think happens this season if they don't at least make it to the finals with Doc? Like, do they just run it back another year, maybe try to add a free agent just because – you know, it just seems like it's kind of the same story every single year, and I think Embiid probably deserves better if they don't get it done again this year for him. Yeah, now, it, it, like if you say if he if he gets out of the second round, talking about Doc, I think Doc yeah. could be cool. You know what I mean? And yeah. if if they don't make it out of the second round, 
you know, I think the, the owner's going to probably think long and hard about, well, I got two more years left on this contract. Am I willing to continue to pay him and then go get someone else? But when you really want to be realistic, like, you know, we talked about the process, right? So they did all this tanking. They went out here and they hired Doc Rivers. They have James Harden. You know, Joel's a max player. Tobias Harris is getting paid. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to have to be the fall guy, yeah. right? And and I think it's going to be Doc Rivers. Now, if he makes it to the conference finals, then that means he upset the Boston Celtics, right? But if, if they lose in the second round, you know, you have to ask yourself, were they any better or further along than Brett Brown had them? No, they're not. So I think that, you know, Doc's job could be in jeopardy if they don't get past the Boston Celtics. What about Jay Wright? You think he'd ever coach that team? I talked to somebody a couple years ago that said that was like the one job. He was still at Villanova, but that was the one job he would have left Villanova for. You know, I don't think so. Um, yeah, just because, you know, I, I think the, the NBA game is just different. Like, I know it says, like, yeah, that's the one job he would leave. Mm-hmm. But talking to some of the people I talked to, like, lately when they had their last coaching search, that they, they, they said he wasn't really interested just mm-hmm. because of, you know, coaching, you know, Jay Wright can be a, a coach. He can coach you hard. He can do whatever he wants. You know, he's the face of the, of the, of the franchise, so to speak. NBA players is like, you want me to do what? <laughs> nah, bro. Nah, nah. We're not doing that today. Owner, can we? Can I get a new coach? So you know, I, I don't. I don't think that um, this is for for Jay Wright. I, I, I don't. Yeah. Have you? Do you think there's real validity to the rumors about James going back to Houston? Because it's just so loud. You know, all the rumors just have basically been servicing all season long. To me, it doesn't make sense from Houston's perspective. But if, say, the Sixers were to flame out next next round and it's like five, do you think that's a, a legitimate possibility that, you know, Philly would let him roll? You know, and it's funny that you say that because, like, it, that's one of those questions I keep, like, hitting up sources. Like, you know, are y'all sure? Are y'all sure? Um, the, the, the thing is, so let's look at it two ways. And this is how I, originally I looked at it. So, you know, James took $15 million less so they can get P.J. Tucker, right, and um, Daniel House Jr. So you look at it like, look, if y'all trying to bring me back, <laughs> you're going to have to pay me, right, because I also have I have this option in Houston. But to know James is, and not, not to say that I know him well, but I do know that he still has a house in Houston. He has friends there. And he goes to Houston quite a bit, like, when there's time to be off, right? I also know that right now um, the Houston Rockets, they need a facilitator. They need somebody to come there and try to think that can work with these young guys. Now, so to me, I feel like it depends on how many years James wants. And it also is, like, how is he going to nurture these guys? Do they think that James Harden will make them better? There are certain people in the league that say no, and there are other people that are saying, like, he could be the missing piece to help in their development, their growth. But if you're the 76ers, you know, and, and I go on record, as bad as Ben Simmons has played, uh, as his injuries and everything like that, you have to say to yourself, if they don't win a championship, 
and you let James Harden walk out of the door, because basically if he walks out of the door, the team is going to like disband, then you, you have to say to yourself, no one won this trade. So if I'm the Sixers, I think I'm going to have to, you know, say, hey, James, I'm going to have to give you some money for you to stay. It would be amazing if he went back to Houston after all that. There's a lot of young talent there, but you're right. They need somebody that can actually run that offense and maybe teach them how to play some more team-style basketball. Keith Pompey, Philadelphia Inquirer. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, y'all. Hey, Trista, did you see what just happened in the Hawks game? No. Trey, did Trey, did Trey Young, Young just hit his prop? Trey Young finished with 24 points. We ended up winning it by the hook this time. There you go. You had 24 five minutes Good ago. I thought there was no Good shot. Good old Trey. There was five minutes left in the game, and he had 24 points. And I was like, well, this is over. He's going to at least hit a layup at some point. Look, I know that they're in the playoffs, but seriously. They're bad. The, the Hawks shouldn't have a basketball team. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They <laughs> should have to. You know what they should have to do? They should have to go play in, like, Russia, Ukraine, Croatia. And if they win league championship, the FIBA, they could come back, and they could be in the United States again. I'm because all for relegation. I, they really all are for bad. relegation. I hate them. I hate him. I hate Trey Young. I hate John Collins. I don't even know that he played tonight. Can you just don't ever bet them again? Hate's a strong Never. word. Yep. Just don't. You shouldn't use it. The Hawks should be on the list. You know what? I'm not even that mad, though, because uh, my Cavs are up 21 points. Yeah, my Knicks are not doing so well. So you win some, you lose some.